3: Hello everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Roker Report. I'm joined. Well, I'm back actually. I'm I'm joined tonight by Tom. How you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm I'm surviving. James, how you getting on? All right, mate. How's your ribs? Yeah, they're still cracked. How about you, Gav? Not
0: bad. We haven't had a we haven't had a game to mourn about, or we've got nothing to cry about today.
3: No, nice no, no, no. It's weekend very relaxed. As we said earlier, it's another week in which Sunderland haven't lost. And those weeks are precious and few and far between, so we should cherish them. Um, yeah, I'm back. Thanks very much to Tom for uh, holding the fort for me last week. I cracked my ribs in what was a rather ridiculous display of affection for Victor and Chibi. Uh, yeah, I fell over in the bath, pissed out my head. And yeah, that, that's, that's, how that, that's how that worked out. <laughs> I've been laid up since. I'm currently on painkillers at quite a heavy dose. So you'll have to forgive me if I sound really out of it. I feel like death warmed up. But these lads are going to help me, uh, yeah, get through it all. So, yeah, as we say, another week in which Sunderland haven't lost. Uh, it can't be a bad thing. We've all had a chance to sit down and enjoy the cold air, apart from Tom, I imagine. I think he said it was like 26 degrees the other day, where he is.
1: Yep, still is.
3: Ugh. Very nice. hate you. <laughs> hate you. It's disgusting where I am. It's freezing. It's sub-zero. How's uh, everyone else, though? How you doing, Gaff? What do you think of, uh, well, should we talk about the international match, I suppose? We'd give that a brief... A
0: brief look yeah, three one. I, I mean, I'm am normally yeah. a bit of a I'm oh. normally a bit of a pessimist when um it comes to England. Like, but I was I was uh, quite happy with the way they played, even though um it still winds us up that players get picked who aren't in form. I was slating Daniel Sturridge on uh, there before the match, and then he goes and <laughs> scores a goal like that. You know what I mean? But generally, I was pretty happy with it. I think um I think. When you, you're creating chances and putting them away, I think we only had four, or five chances. Maybe and we scored five goals, eh, five goals, three goals. Um, all
3: So no one knows is, what the score is, do they? I just said three goals. <laughs> no, 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 so we scored five goals. We <laughs> scored ten. I don't care. But but
0: they were pretty. They were, the,
3: the England were pretty fluid.
0: And the goals that the, that the scored came from wide areas. They were, it was. I know they used the pace for once. Really wound us He's up that in, the, in the Euros.
3: He, he performed particularly well on the right. Cal Norton. Kyle Walker, Carl Cal Walker. Jesus Christ! There's so many painkillers. I'm on codeine. Is right? <laughs> that alcohol? It just it turns into a whole different beast. <laughs> but you
0: imagine, can, you imagine, <laughs> though, can you imagine though? Can you imagine that England team playing like a Premier Warden. League style of football? Can you imagine though, it, like where where they're not on the front foot all the time, like they are? That that really negates half of the yeah. half of the what they've got because they've got that much pace in your team. You could play like Chelsea do, um, where the, where they sit a little deeper and get at teams. If England would do that, it would be they would be dangerous. The, the the problem is, nine times out of ten and especially in these qualifiers, they're playing teams who are so far beneath them in terms of quality, they just sit back and camp on the edge of their own box and it means England have gotta dictate the game and we're not known for being a technically gifted passing team so mm. we tend to struggle to break sides down when we did get forward against scotland it was it was by doing the fullback and whipping it in um and no nah, i was pretty impressed regardless like i, I think it's england are, are, are pretty easy to bash yeah. um especially mm. especially when they're not performing well at tournaments but uh, i did see a bit of criticism for them i was thinking how oh, i'm I've
3: got to interject on that note, I think it kind of did paper over some cracks, the goals that we scored, because the amount of times that our defence was opened up was scary, and the mistakes that were being made in defence as well, oh, I, were I, ridiculous that's, ones.
0: That's, that's just a huge issue generally though, isn't it? Like, yeah. England don't have a... Well it is on this show anyway, we're, we're always talking about it here, so... <laughs> well no, full-backs and stuff were pretty well equipped England, but centre-halves were just not, Gary Cahill is like, I just haven't rated him for a number of years and he's still starting games for England but then you look mm-hmm. at who the alternatives are um, the 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 problem England have had for a long time is they won't give people chances And even though you've got like a Burnley centre half there in the squad, Michael Keane who's playing well for Burnley uh, what's the chances he's going to even become a regular for England unless he moves to a bigger club yeah. very slim so you know, uh, that's, that's the big issue we've got now, we, um, you've got to find somebody who's going to play regularly alongside Stones and Who's good enough really, like Cahill's playing for Chelsea, that's why he's playing for England. He's not playing because he's in good form. Mm-hmm. If he was playing for Sunderland he wouldn't be starting games we know that. But uh I think I think they've got a lot a lot of time to fix that, haven't they? The World Cup's not till two thousand eighteen now. Oh, um, as well, yeah. <laughs>
3: It's like eighteen months. But I was saying the other day, like in the article, by the time the World Cup rolls around, we might literally be clawing our way back to the premiership. <laughs> or if, if we are, if we're lucky, we might be in, in the midst of fighting our way back up. And it's Bang just, goes it's your optimism there, Dan. Yeah, exactly, it's good. <laughs> it's just uh...
0: <laughs> How we managed to turn a conversation about England into Sunderland?
3: <laughs> well, well that's, what, the that's what we're supposed to do. That's yeah, what we're supposed to you, do. You, you can I tell don't... he
0: wasn't here last week. We
3: were on top no. of the world. Yeah, yeah I know, I've heard, heard this. He's had a good time. I wasn't feeling yeah. it, funnily enough. I'm going to I was in hospital bed with an oxygen mask.
2: The Qu- quickly back to the match, like I mean, I'd have to agree with Damien. I thought any half decent side would have torn us to shreds on Friday. I thought yeah. the- defensively in in right, Scotland, so on like. yeah. <laughs> there were just I thought oh that laugh a that's for
3: Scotland, isn't it? We're all just like <laughs> Scotland, the decent side. Don't be ridiculous. Carry yeah. on, sir. Just...
2: The um, the <laughs> midfield was just pedestrian, really, really poor. Um, I thought Danny Rose had a good game. Um, I thought Adam Lallana played quite well, and England were clinical um, when they did get a few chances. But if they perform anywhere near like that, if they get to tournament level, it'll just be another Euros. It'll be they'll be going out in the group or in the first knockout phase. If it's you've got a team,
0: you
2: know what I mean? yeah, you've got the, you've got a team where there's some pace in there, but what it lacks is. It lacks someone who is able to pick a pass. Um, other than Adam Lalana in that entire side, I, don't, I think it lacks massively lacks creativity. There's no one who can open up a defence.
3: Do- <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's a damning verdict from James. You're telling me I'm depressing. Christ.
1: In a way, no, though, no. do you not think that uh, England are kind of in a Sunderland esque situation? And it's not just because Sam Allardyce is like up and left after <laughs> yeah, a minimal concerned. amount of time in charge, but it's almost like, uh, Gareth Southgate in a way is, I wouldn't say he's under fire as such, but there's definitely a critical eye being cast on him. And I would say the same for David Moyes. The only thing that maybe Sunderland fans can take away from the England scenario is if you do give a manager like Moyes, I mean, sorry, um, the way that England have, have brought Gareth Southgate through the ranks and given him time and he sort of, he's been groomed almost by the FA for this role. It kind of points to the fact that maybe if you let the manager acclimatize enough to a situation that he's going to be able to deliver results a lot uh, more regularly or at least in the future more consistently than somebody who, who you bring in from out the cold and demand that they do a job. So, in a way, for some like, fans, it's like, do we stick with Moyes and think, I ah, eventually it's going to come good as long as he has time to, to manoeuvre and to, to bring his own players in, in a an identity? Because Southgate's clearly done that in the FA, and I don't know what the other lads think, but I think there's definitely signs of promise there for England. Like,
0: I, I would mm-hmm. totally agree, Tom. I think, I think one of my big bugbears with England is that we're, we're, we're not keen to invest in a manager. Um, and Southgate, you know, he is a bit boring. And he's and You know, his managerial credentials, you know, he's not won anything, has he? But, I mean, he's came through the system. He, he was a player for England for a lot of years. Um, he captained a lot of club sides, which stands him in good stead for a management role, you know. And then he, ever since he left Middlesbrough, he's been part of England uh, at, a, at a youth level. Which means he's worked with a lot of these players. Nice. People people who are coming mm-hmm. through now have already worked with Gareth Southgate and that's huge for me, that like that's the big one. He's he's already worked, you know, as
2: part of the England set up with ninety nine percent of the squad. That's um, true, Gab, but like on the other on the other side, mate, he's he still picked Wayne Rooney. <laughs> I mean, how that manager Did the game is beyond he, me. Do you reckon no, he picked a, them? Yeah, I, I, don't think
3: anyone, I don't think the managers do. Yeah, I think that's. Well, a well, I think I
0: thing. The, we spoke about this in the. in the last international break, didn't we? But um, so it's not really worth going over old ground. But yeah, I don't think. I don't think that some of those players are chosen by the manager. I think, I think in think, particular, uh, as well
3: with the Rooney thing, I don't, I don't think Gareth Southgate's position is. Um, so tenable that he'd be able to just make changes like that. Do you well, know that's exactly
2: what exactly why he can make those changes, David. Well, no, he's I
3: I, just, I would say I would say that he, the whole the whole point to giving a young manager, as we, we say, young, giving a manager like him a chance is that, in actual fact, he, he if anything goes wrong with Gareth Southgate, he'll, he'll be replaced immediately. It's not like a club manager position where you this might you know what I mean. It's a it's a day in, day out, three hundred and sixty five days. Just that's what you do. You're a club manager with the England, with any international position. It's more like a part-time job, and it almost carries it carries more onus with it, like more, more sort of respect in a way, which I don't think is fair uh, because of the the quality of the players you're dealing with, because it's considered on the world stage. But yeah, and what I'm trying to get at is like, if he does anything wrong, it's easy for us to sit here and go, "Well, you can make those chances. You're a young, young manager. You've been brought in. We're trying to give new life's blood to the whole thing. It isn't really a place for that, is it?" Because if he does if he does poorly over the next two games, I'll just turn around and be like, oh, well, he's just a caretaker Nothing. It, it won't affect anything. So him coming in being like, you know what? Let's forget Rooney. That's not going to endear him into their, into their good books, is it? The FA. He, does,
2: he doesn't even want the job anyway, by all accounts. I mean, is that, is I, that by, I mean, every single time he gets asked about it, he does dodge it, whether that's, yeah, that's he's that. the PR. But you've got a player who's been largely crap for United all season uh, you've got a player like Eric Dyer who's been larger out. Of, you've got a player like Eric Dyer who's been large out, sorts of for Spurs as well. But it's the, the pick again, and that I'm just sorry. I thought that midfield was just so pedestrian. I just thought it was slow, mm. really, really slow. It looked like Jack Rodwell was playing in there. <laughs> well, on that night, that's, a, a, that's an interesting. One.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting one. We've got we've got some questions as always. That's a nice one to bounce off. Um. We've got from Simon actually one of our own. So as we have six or seven players capable of playing central midfield, is now the most opportune time to sell Rodwell. And would anyone take him? Can I no, jump in first.
0: in first? Can I jump in yeah, first? Um, um, is it a good tra- time to sell him? Any time is a good time to sell him. And uh, a would year anyone ago was want him? time. <laughs> would anybody want him? I severely doubt it. Unless somebody, fancies taking him for note. Um note. I, I, I think I mentioned this before. But I I don't play football manager that much, but I had it last year, and the only club that I could get rid of Jack Rodwell to was Rochdale on loan. So <laughs> um, if we, I think yeah, we, we, can we, we can get on the blood of them. We, 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 we can, can can't get on the
3: block <laughs> <laughs> No, I think, I think somewhere like, I think he'll end up in the championship or something like that. I can see him. Where's Fletcher now? Is it not? Is he, Seth he, Webb. Oh, Seth on Webb, Wednesday, yeah. yeah. I can see him somewhere like that for about three million or something like that. I think we'd be lucky to get it. So, yeah, Do I can mean? see some. Oh, yeah, I can see some manager get in the championship. In. I can see some manager in the championship looking at him and going, you know, that's just like every, just like every manager who's coming at the Sunderland team has done since he, since we signed him. Like, oh yeah, but that's Jack Rodwell. I, I remember when everyone was like singing his praises. I know he's got so much potential and talent, and he's still young. Well, he's not young, but he's he's still what you might consider in his prime if he was actually decent at what he did. I've, so I've, I think I've, there'll be someone who's willing to give him a chance, and if they've got a budget of like. I don't know seven eight million to improve their championship midfield. Someone would definitely take a hit on him, and he'd go if he's got any sense. He'd go there to the. I, I, to try and I don't think back.
2: we'll ever get rid of him. He's got a contract till the <laughs> two thousand nine.
3: he's going to but he's always been here. <laughs> he's you've always been here at Sunderland, and I there's like a, a photo on the wall
2: from like eighteen ninety, and Jack Rodwell's there unaccountably. <laughs> 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 <He's, yeah. laughs> I mean, he's he's got a contract until, what, 2019? Um, there's not a chance that we're... He, he, not a chance we'll be able to get rid of him before then. Unless he miraculously discovers some sort of form, we'll be paying his wages, or at least a proportion of his wages until the end of his contract. Because he's the kind of lad who... He's not going to get another big move. So this is, his, this is probably the last big source of income he's going to have in his football career.
3: I've just realised I'm sitting here talking about how he needs to go to a championship club and all that, and I'm just thinking mean, <laughs> just wait, just wait eight months or something like that, and you'll be all right. You'll be at a championship club, making the midfield look relatively decent. Well, I think it's a good, I think it is a good point though. Like you think about
0: it, by the time January turns around, we should have better players available. Um, and Rodwell is largely played as a holding midfielder, hasn't he? And I think we've, we've probably got two or three lads ahead of him, yeah. if everyone's fit. So it's a good point to make. Like we, if, if we're as skin as people think we are, um, you've got to start a look where we're top heavy. If we're top heavy in the centre midfield, who would we even be able to sell? Um, God forbid would would sell Cattenham. I can't see us wanting to move Kirchhoff on because of that short amount of time he's got left at the club. Um, I think we'd probably rather take the hit on him than lose him in January. Like, um, So yeah, I think, I think it's a good point to make is is now a good time to, to lose a player who's largely useless Yeah, You know, like, he's yeah, played he's a lot recently.
3: isn't he? He's yeah. completely ineffective. You
0: know, I
1: feel sorry for Jack Rodwell. I really do, but I think in...
3: I think that's why he's still got a job, because yeah, of that mentality. Yeah, it's,
1: it's like sympathy, <laughs> isn't it? But ultimately, I think Jack Rodwell will emerge as some kind of figure for the fans, and it's going to be like... Do you remember that time under um, X Y or Z manager when we had a, a new manager every year and we brought Jack Rodwell in for ten million and he managed to hang on and make a living? I hope mm-hmm. in about four or five years' time we look back and we start laughing at things like that and we think, "Oh, look at us now! Like we have an identity. We can bring <laughs> young players through the academy. Never again will we commit the the vile act of Jack Rodwellism <laughs> of
0: paying thing ridiculous is, amounts of money more. on players." Thing is, though, when he came in, he was exactly what we needed. We were banging, banging on about getting a box to box midfielder in, someone who could carry us the ball up the pitch a pace and add goals. And at the time, he seemed like a perfect fit for what Gus Poyet wanted. And um, if you remember, at the, around the same time, he made his first appearance for us. I think it was in a it was in one of the preseason games in in Bishop Auckland when we played that series of games there. Um, Around the same time, we'd just brought Ndai back after he'd been out on loan, and people were kind of wondering whether we would hang on to him, and we end up selling him, because Rodwell was there effectively. And you just wonder, don't you, whether... I know is one of these players, people say, oh, he, he, got, he got better the more he didn't play for Sunderland, but would he have contributed more than Jack Rodwell has in the time he's been here, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, Just things that have like come across in my mind from time to time, like we've made mistakes on transfers, obviously... Um, Rodwell though I mean he's going to go down I, I think I've got friends who think he's brilliant I don't think he's brilliant but they think he's unf- he's, he's unfairly threatened and think that people like us give him a hard time I think uh, it's unfairly. been too long though for that I think that would have been, I that been I, fair
3: to say about 18 months ago maybe two yeah, well yeah about 18 months ago but
0: to me to me, I think we'll look back like Tom says we'll be looking four or five years I think we'll be looking in 10-15 years and going that's one of the worst Transfer decision we've ever made to sign him, like
1: because
0: yeah. uh, you consider the amount of money he's cost us, and I'm not just talking about in a transfer fee. We'll, we'll I think we'll inevitably lose him uh, on a free transfer. So he's going to have cost the club a lot of money, I think, and his wages added on to that. I think in terms of yeah, transfer business, well. you know, it's
3: going well, to be one of the worst. It is as well for as long as Ross Barkley continues to look like semi decent, Rodwell will always get a mention. I don't know if you noticed that, but if if Rodwell's, if, if a commentator is looking at Rodwell in the Sunderland game, they'll bring up Ross Barkley. You know it just seems to happen all the time. And if Ross Barkley's there, it's all part of that generation that were uh, looking semi decent. You know what I mean? Ross Barkley, Jack Rodwell, but or maybe it's just FIFA. I don't know. Maybe I play too much FIFA <laughs> and they keep, it's a bit like when they they keeps, when Larson comes on and they're like one of the Premier League's best free kick takers, and I'm like, yeah, 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 sure he is. <laughs> what are you what
0: do you say? What do you make of this, this whole business with the, uh, the clappers and the drums the and clap-bads. Charlie Hurley Day? Charlie Hurley
1: really
3: Day for me. Yeah, Tom, what do you think of Charlie Hurley Day?
1: I, I would honestly really like somebody right now to just clear up. Gav, normally, mate, you're pretty sound at knowing whatever's going on here, so can you just clear up for me, what's Charlie Hurley Day going to be
0: and why, do we, why do we officially need well, it's... clappers and a drum set? Um, before I, I launch into it, like, I think it's probably got something to do with the fact there was some sort of campaign to get him a statue. Okay. Um, I know that there was like a, a couple of fans that were pretty serious about fundraising for it and stuff. Um, I'm guessing it's related to that. Maybe they've said we're not going to do a statue, but... Isn't
3: we'll it his birthday?
0: aha uh-huh, yeah. Um, yeah. it's his 80th birthday. Could, I don't could know it when it just is. be that? Um... It might be, but it seems a bit strange just to commemorate his birthday with the whole day. We don't do that very often for legends, you know what I mean? But, I um, know, it's the, 2016,
3: the, the, isn't it? There's a right. um, day for everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Charlie Hurley Day is effectively the name they've given to the whole game. Um, mm. They've invited him and a load of um, players who he played with at Sunland: Seth Irwin, uh, Len Ashurst, Johnny Cross and Stan Anderson, Jim Montgomery. So, like, proper legends of the club oh. um, are going to have... We join them on the pitch before the game um they're moving the, the old gates i don't know if anyone ever went to the charlie hurley center
1: Aye. it was
0: where they used to train before the yeah before the academy was open obviously well those gates have remained it's just a field now overgrown field in the middle of whitburn which i don't know whether it's never been used for anything i know that uh there was a big grassroots campaign last year for loads of kids' teams trying to get the facilities off the council. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah. But anyways, those gates are being moved somewhere around the site of the stadium. Oh, plenty. Um, so they're at least being, you know, looked after. Um, oh, and we've got red gonna...
3: seats. No one can say they aren't taking in <laughs> <at> the day <laughs> oh. <laughs> so call. sure are some class.
0: There's going to be a club-donated... Uh, crowd surfer before the game so we've already got two I think we've got the big we've got the big one with the sudden emblem and then we've got the Defoe one which Daffer right, okay. got there's going to be a Charlie Hurley one too which in is a great though, idea i
3: just going to club donate crowd surfer <laughs> so what like Ellis Short was, like, <laughs> chucked off the balcony <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and then I think that's about it so but on top of that um, as an excuse to I think I think this has been something in the pipeline for a while like Uh, I think home atmosphere has been poor since the away fans left Uh, Ah, the South Stand and went up up a height. And and, uh, I think this is something they've probably wanted to do since they saw Leicester doing it last year. So by all accounts, they have getting loads of students from the uni. Uh, They're going to go in Friday or something and fill the place with clatters every seat. Forty thousand of them, I think. I don't know what's going to happen with the other eight thousand.
3: What, what, uh, what do we, what do we make of the clappers and the clappers? Well, what are clappers? Well, is what are is the it clackers? necessary?
0: What
1: are Carbors? They're, just they're bit like of
3: paper? The, yeah. Oh, are they? Are they the bits of paper or they the cardboard or
0: something? Ones? Yeah. No, no, the cardboard or something. Less, the got, less the ones left on actually.
3: either side and then something solid in the middle, so you just wave it and it goes. No,
2: it's just like it's a, just up. like a cardboard fan that you bash off your hands. Oh, that's that's it. What the.
0: It's it's a bit tin pot, isn't it? That's that's the problem I, people have I got I think it's like Sunderland Sunderland historically <laughs> are known for like the atmosphere and I know things have changed massively since you know, sixties, seventies and all that. Um, the good old days at Roker Park and even beyond that, you know. But generally speaking, we pride ourselves on on my vocalness grounds around the country. So for mm-hmm. Sunderland for people to stand up and go, oh, Sunderland fans, have all, they've all got clatters and there was going to be a drum section at the back of the south stand, but that got knocked on the head after it just got massive backlash on social media and uh, the message boards and stuff. So it could have been worse, like, but um, yeah, the, the ground's going to be filled with clatters before it's the game. I've got I I to go say, can,
3: can, can, I, can I put in, like, is it a big deal? because as you say there was, there was a massive backlash about drums and things like that i mean yeah i suppose if the drums are i don't know are we are we being are we being precious about this is it a big deal if they've got cars oh, and if they've I'm, got I'm drums being, so i mean if they want to use it why not use it i'm I being mean, massively
0: precious about it, and i'm it might sound childish like precious i just don't, <laughs> yeah. I just don't
3: no, that's all i, I know it seems to have insulted it seems insulted a large percentage.
0: Yeah, that's of, what, it is. Of that's what it is. We don't
3: we don't need this to be heard. Is that where no, it's coming I think so. But not
0: not necessarily yeah. that. I think I think if what they're trying to say is that there's a there's an issue with the atmosphere at the stage of my light, um it's conducive to the football. We played mm. we played Chelsea and Everton at the end of last season at home and beat them and the place was absolutely
3: rocking. And so that's what we're taking from this. We're taking that it's sort of like a, a, a dig at the fans almost. Like
0: no, no, I something wouldn't say that. that. I wouldn't say that. I just think, I think they've looked at what Leicester did last year. Well, not yeah. it wasn't even last year, was it? It was towards the end of the season before when they looked doomed and they just looked at loads of ways of improving the atmosphere and the ground that this was one of them. And the clatter thing became their thing, didn't it? And they stayed yeah. up. The fact, and then I think they started putting them out for every single home game. And so end up poor, the league. It's
3: just, it's just like a poor PR stunt, basically.
0: Basically, and not, Norwich did it last year as well. But if you remember, they did it for the game when they played us. It was a pretty huge game. They were a, <laughs> uh, It was a six-pointer. That, it was the definition of a six-pointer. Um, Norwich I made think- a big deal out of it and put clackers on every seat. And all you could hear was the Sunderland fans over, it anyways, because we hammered them. Oh, so uh, to me, it's conducive to the to the team on the pitch. If we're playing well, there's
2: no need for stuff like this. Exactly right. Um, I mean, on so, the I think it was on the live podcast um, last year year before. I think Matt Piper went on it as one of their guests, and he mentioned it about how it actually did help their their atmosphere in the run up while they were fighting relegation. But I just. There's a big difference between a club like Leicester and a big and a club like ours. I I, I find it absolutely awful that that someone thinks that we need some cardboard coppers to create an atmosphere. I agree. I think man. it's rank.
1: You know what? I think Jim, you hit the nail on the head here, and it's it's something I love to write about as well. Especially having moved away from the northeast, two consecutive occasions: once once to Scotland and then once over obviously to America, but. Sunderland prides itself on its working-class history of the coal mines, of the glass factory, of the shipyards, of of boisterous fellas who, on a weekend, would go to a game and make a load of noise for their community, which is what Sunderland AFC, to me, is. It's, it's not mm. a corporate entity. It's not necessarily just a team that's in the Premier League to make money. It's a working-class community that's represented by a football club. And to suggest that we need to uh, include drums and, and clappers is almost insulting in a way. And I see what you're saying when you said, like, we're not a club like Leicester. We're not our, we're not a, um, a sort of. We're not going to win the Premier League, no. <laughs> the, 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 that goes, <laughs> that goes without saying, but when we're, we're a team with a history that goes beyond just football, it goes back to the the roots of the city. And I don't think Leicester necessarily does that, unless I'm totally oblivious to what Leicester's club stands for. But you know, Sunderland, you, the, the history is, indescribably rich and to suggest that we need a sort of upper via artificial terms leads me to think that they want us to be like Crystal Palace. And I don't know what any of you think about this like fake artificial ultra sort of atmosphere that's generated at grounds like Palace, but how we're, Like that's not what we want. That's not what we stand mm. for, is it?
0: No, yeah, I mean not. it's it's to me um if it's like I've said before if we are winning games, we don't need anything like this. The problem we've had in the last, God knows how well, pretty much since we, we end up in the Premier League, really, is we've just been an awful home team. Bar, you know, a period under Roy Keane, a little period under Steve Bruce, we've been an awful home team. Um, it's amazing that the crowds still turn up like they do because for the amount of wins we see and good football we see... Uh, you would you would think it would turn a lot of people off, but Sunderland have got some loyal fans. You know, as it hard as it, I, I, there's been times this season when I've really not wanted to go to the game, and I've told myself I oh, can't be bothered today. And it's, you, you just do it, and you can't help it. I think loads of people are in the same boat as me. It's like it's just something you do. It's not just football. Mm-hmm. It's going with your dad and your and your family and your mates for a pint before the game and having a day out. It's not just going to the football, um, but on top of that, we don't. Although we don't expect to turn up and see, uh, sudden win games every week. We're not thick. Uh, we don't see enough of it, and it's clearly affecting the atmosphere and the ground. Like you, even the last couple of home games, I, I've turned up when we've scored, and I've just not felt myself at a game.
3: So um, in a way, I mean, by what you're saying, you could you could argue that the the higher ups at the club have noticed this, and that that's their sort of. Feeble half-assed attempt at trying to get some sort of it's, well, it's objection an injection
0: it. People who I, I, I read a lot about the the drum thing before got knocked on the head, and a lot of people who were for it um, were just saying like, let, "Why not try it?" These mm. lads are trying to improve the atmosphere because the drum the drum thing came from the howie the flags group right. who who look after the surfers and stuff. That came from them. That and um, the clatters is totally separate. They they've you know washed their hands of that and said, that's what to do with us. Mm. Um, but the the drums, people who were sticking up for them were saying, well, the, these lads have recognised that we've got an issue and they're trying to do something about it. Why can't we at least try it? And I was just like, I see your point. I see your point that yeah, uh, they're not doing anything wrong by trying to change what's clearly an issue. But at the same time, I think you'd be selling your soul if you stopped banging drums at the stadium
2: lately. <laughs> nice. yeah, it's just not us. It's goal celebration next and stuff like that. Goal celebration music and stuff like that. <laughs> I can't have it. Please no. well, right? Well, uh,
3: yeah, now obviously we've discussed, we've discussed what's uh, what's happening in and around the stadium during the whole game, but we've got the whole game as well. That's something we can all look forward to. Uh, for me, this is a game we absolutely should be looking to take at least one point from. If we can't take at least one point from this game, then I'm well. Yeah, obviously no corner has been turned, and we're not doing anything uh, better than we were a few weeks ago.
2: Mm. Uh, James, what do you think about Hull? What do you think we've got to look forward it's, to? It's a must-win. It's not one point. It's three points to me. If you can't beat Hull <laughs> at home, what's what's the point? I, I think we will. I mean, I'm actually not 100 percent sure. Is Victor going to be is he going to be fit? Um, are these broken ribs going to keep him out does anyone know well if he's anything like
3: me he'll be feeling like death i tell you (laughs) that much but he's a god though (laughs) mate he's a a demigod
2: though
3: yeah exactly he's (laughs) Zeus no mortal can stop him (laughs) well whatever he did to (laughs) his his ribs black
0: Hercules (laughs) whatever whatever he whatever he did to his ribs uh, wasn't bad enough to force him off the pitch so I I don't know I don't know how these things work we'll probably find out more when when Moy speaks to uh to the press Thursday or Friday whether he's going to play. I would imagine he will like. But what we're looking
3: that? at though, is what we're lined up against, I mean, who's actually looking dangerous for Hull? Is there anyone? Well, are we looking at Hull well, and going,
2: um, Snodgrass? Rob yeah. He's it. got to go on them. And they've got, um, this, there was a lad they signed in the summer who seemed to have a good game in the first couple. Is it Diamande or someone? He, he looks like he can put himself about maybe. But if I'm honest, if you keep Snodgrass quiet, you probably keep Hull quiet because it it's about is out, isn't he?
0: Yeah, well, that's okay, the problem so. though, keeping...
2: What else will in, be playing?
0: Uh, well, keeping, no, I've no idea, but keeping Snodgrass quiet sounds a lot easier than it actually is. He's, a, he's the type of player who just, if there's a loose, he, he seems to be on the end of the loose balls around the edge of the box uh, and his accuracy in shooting positions is one of the best in the Premier League for me. Like, he, he very rarely misses when he's got a good chance. So I think I think if you if you find a way of keeping him out of the game, then yeah, I think it's a bit like finding a way of keeping Duffle out of the game if someone does that. Um to us. It's it's us knackered, isn't it? Well I he's their that. main outlet. Wish. And uh, you know, I think I think Hull's Hull's big issue since they went on that initial decent run has been with scoring goals. Uh, and the, the main striker's has injured. So we've just to be honest, if we don't go into this game with a winning mentality, and with with the, I, I feel a bit like when we played Villa last year. Do you remember when we played them and everyone was like, "Christ, what happens if we don't win here?" Yeah. And in the end, it was pretty convincing. Like Villa felt a bit. I think we got someone sent off in the. Um, I might be wrong, but we we seem we seem late in the game just to come to life. We need a result like that. I think it's 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 worrying if we don't win this game. I don't think a point's enough. I agree with Jim on that. I think a, a point, a point does us no good at this stage, especially considering Hull are on ten points now. If we win this game, we're only two behind them, and we've got some momentum, yeah. and we've got we've got a couple more teams to play in the coming weeks who are uh, on that kind of level, uh, winnable games. And you lose this game, that the absolute worst case scenario, we we'll lose this game. I don't see any way back. Like I think I think you lose everything that you got from the Bournemouth game in terms of the, the positivity that came from it. If Can you imagine if Vinicius doesn't start this game, straight away everyone's going to be like, oh, and who would have thought that would be in that position? Yeah, you Well, know? this is it. I mean,
3: if you say we don't have any uh, knowledge about his injury, if he didn't actually take one that's going to keep him out, if he did crack a rib, then he's not going to be playing. That's for sure. I mean, he's out of breath at the end of the game, but obviously he just ran around for 90 minutes, so...
2: If you look on is it physio room where it, it does break down all the injuries, I don't know how it's not obviously 100% reliable but I mean it looks like there could be a few players back in contention, I mean Anichibi looks like he's going to be he's certainly going to be in contention for the weekend mm-hmm. as are um, Kershoff and Katz, so mm-hmm. that could be a massive boost but what I would say is if someone like Jan Kirchhoff's fit do you, do you bring him in? Is um, he the kind of player who might need a couple of games to back get back up to speed and, in a game I would like say Hull, he definitely.
3: Knowing, knowing Kirchhoff, looking at his track record for Sunderland, he absolutely needs one or two games of like or half games. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't think you can trust him to just go right, his fit ninety minutes. I think that needs some mistakes. <laughs> I
0: think, I think the shoe in is Larson, and he's played a fair bit yeah. with one of under twenty threes
2: football. Yeah, I was going to say he's um, a he seems with to be in the yeah, PR yeah. being suspended as well.
0: Uh, well know? I've I've not been a massive Seb Lawson fan the last couple of years, like, but at this stage I haven't seen him, seen McNair, Pinar and Rodwell playing together far too much. Certainly. Out uh, of like,
3: out of our midfield I think he's a lot more reliable. Just
0: just somebody who's gonna press and organise, that's the main thing. Like mm. um the absolute best outcome would be all three of them play him, Katamore and Kirchhoff. Um, we need cats in, back. Uh, yeah, I think I think we need to give him. I, I've said it a few times. Really, we're in. A, we've not been in a position to do it. But if we have players back fit, and Dong could do with a couple of games out, like yeah. just to, cool. just you know, I think he's the type of player. If you brought him on later in games, he would be more effective. Like, for,
3: well, he's had an interesting uh, interesting week, hasn't he? And Dong,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if anybody's seen all the crap with him with his national team, but um, he was. Due to arrive in Gabon to um, meet with the rest of the squad as you do when you first go out for your international duty, um, he didn't turn up by all accounts, so they told him to go home or back to Sunland. Um, mm-hmm. What's transpired since, though, is a, a load of misleading stuff mm. um, relating to his whereabouts. Like, was he told he could go and see family? Um, there's been stuff dredged up from his past where it isn't the first time he's had issues with the international team and apparently Gabonese football is really corrupt and badly run and um it's not quite clear basically what's happened with him. For our sake like he's not played and can I? The less the less of our the less of our players playing like on these dodgy pitches in Africa yeah. the better for me, like so yeah. um I, I'm, i I'm more than happy for him not to be playing for guys. Yeah, it
3: does, it doesn't trouble me at all that he's in sharper international duty, I've got to say. I'm happy with that. If, <laughs> and if he, if he thought, well, something not expecting me for another week, I'll just pop down the road and see my mum. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Go, if he's going back to that at all. Whole
1: game though, if we go back to the full mm. game, honestly, if looking at the table, I looked at the table this week and I was a little bit shocked. I thought we did better this time last year than we did. I thought we were, streets ahead of where we are now but realistically we were only a point ahead and yeah. going into this game I, and the word six-pointer or crunch clash there's always that quality uh, Mitchell and Webb uh like sketch where he does the sky yeah. sports walking around the pitch like yeah. six-pointer <laughs> at the lane all that kind of stuff this is though isn't it there is nothing there is you literally, shouldn't have that up there's, there's literally this is it isn't it you know Hull at the beginning of the season everybody knew how dreadful they were going to be. The the issues with the owners and the fans, were they going to sell the club? Weren't they? Was Mike Phelan going to be the manager? Was he not? Whatever. But ultimately, they've done all right, I think, in all honesty. I mean, I know they're in the bottom three. They've got more points than we have. by. I think they've got double our points, Yeah, we, we
3: can't judge anyone. Being we, in no, the bottom you,
1: three. You're right, we really can't. But when you look in their squad, they do have people who can make a difference. I know we mentioned Snodgrass. And I don't know if anybody knows this, but when he was a kid, he had... Trials at Barcelona. He was asked to go to Barcelona. He was that uh, highly thought of. But they, ha- I think they, what they have, what we are just discovering as a team, is they seem to have a lot of fight. They've got players like Sam Lucas, uh, Jake Liv- Livermore, who, if if you look at his personal story, the yeah. last sort of eighteen months has been horrific to say the least. Loses a child, succumbs to a drug addiction, manages mm. to overcome it with the help from his his teammates. And comes into the squad and was absolutely superb. Nobody ran more than he did the last Premier League. I was week,
3: gutted. Didn't. Can I, can I say I was gutted when, when he went to Hull? Because obviously his name, I mean, we're, names are always bandied about if, if, <laughs> if someone's up for transfer and it's like under 10 million, then Sutherland will be involved. But, um, although not necessarily true. In fact, very rarely true. <laughs> but yeah, when Livermore went to Hull, I was, it, there seemed like a genuine chance that we'd get him. And obviously I'd watched him play for Spurs a few times and I always thought he was a quality player. I always thought he was a quality player, and similar, similarly to Dembélé, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when, when he went on to Hull, I was gutted. I was thinking, you know. And then I saw him play after being signed. This first few games for Hull, he just looked electric. Do you know, what I mean, obviously he's had these other issues come to light since, and that's been a really big issue for him. Yeah. But just on the pitch, when they the player that they signed, he was he's such a quality player. He's got pace. He's got creativity. He's got an eye for a pass. It's yeah, I think he's a very dangerous player, something definitely. we definitely have to be scared of. It speaks volumes
1: for that team, though, that they don't have, like, recognised centre-backs at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. And Jake Livermore goes in, and he's willing to, like, battle for the team, and, you know, he looked all right there. And what worries me, what in all honesty, what terrifies me is if somehow we can't, like Gav was saying, we need to harness this energy from the Bournemouth game. If we can't, I see us up the creek without a paddle, because I know for a fact Hull are going to come here and give it the roll. They seem to have well, they are on the back of the win. They're on the they, back of the win, too. They, they are. Mm. And, you know, they come here with a... They, they have a genuine team mentality. Their issue is they don't have enough quality across the pitch. And we saw, I don't know if anybody watched, but Will Keane and um Abel Hernandez both went off with quite serious looking injuries. Will Keane's knee, I think it was Hernandez's hamstring or his ankle. I'm not 100% certain. Mm. But ultimately...
0: They're going to keep them out of the game, though. They,
1: eh. It's going to keep them out of the game, but they're going to come here. And I tell you what everybody's... I don't say everybody, that's maybe too harsh of a, a term, but a lot of Sunderland fans are going to expect Sunderland to bounce off this uh, Bournemouth game and give Hull a good hiding, to be honest. And we're more than capable, by all means, don't get me wrong, but I, we have to be wary of Hull, and Hull are going to come here with no fear, and we need to produce the same sort of display against Bournemouth, and it's its easier said than done, but we need to find some passion, some energy, some desire. that That, in abundance is more than we need any quality coming into the team we are desperate right. for some leaders on the pitch
3: you're right yeah, do you think we're going to get is, that as well is, what, coming back
2: in. if Hopefully. if you if you have one of those days where we don't turn up I, it could be a, a steve bruce versus wigan kind of scenario couldn't it it could turn quite toxic if you get beat by Hull, i think um but you've got to be positive i mean we we were good, we were good against bournemouth they they were actually very lucky to be in the game after say sixty seventy minutes against Saints. Saints. I mean Charlie Austin must have spurned about eight chances. Um, they scored two in what five minutes. Um, I'm not wary of them myself, Tom. I, I think it, you've got to go in with confidence. You've got to go in with if if the lads if the lads turn up with some passion and and want want to win, you've got you've got to beat them. You've got to beat Hull. You,
3: you've
2: I got, think, to beat all. <laughs> That's the overriding
3: emotion coming out of this episode. I think, I think we'll get the chances though, because the, yeah. uh, the the the
0: they seem to gift a load of chances. Um, I know Dawson came back last week, didn't he? He's like a big leader on the pitch. Uh, he he was back for the last game, so he'll make a difference. But he's nothing to worry about, as he might Dawson. You know what I mean? We we've got the we've got to, as Jim says, we've. We've got to start now. It's a bit like when Allardyce did it last year. Uh we've got to now start talking about now we're gonna win this next game, never mind draw or never mind oh well we will we'll, we'll try our best again, we're working hard and training, all this that and the other. We've gotta start telling ourselves we're gonna start winning games. We've just beat Bournemouth, who by all accounts have played very well at home this season, uh, before they played us.
3: They were um, so unlucky. I know. I know. Sorry, were, I was near last week, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I
0: yeah. Was, the the, uh, were, the were don't goes wrong, like We definitely rode our luck, but we still yeah. managed to win. That's the main yeah. thing. Um, I suppose you can say the same about Hull, can't you? Though yeah, they were lucky absolutely. against Southampton, the one that's the main thing. Both teams are going to fancy themselves. I think, um, but it's more. I think it's going to be more of a case where the home team. Let's have a good go at them. Let's let's get on the ball in midfield and let's play. Because we've got the players there to do it. Like we've just maybe not had the confidence. We we saw when we went two one up, um, against against Bournemouth. Just how well we can play at times. There was some nice stuff, but yeah. it was it wasn't until we had a bit of confidence about us. But should be a big thing. That's the yeah, problem. If
2: he's not fit, then you don't know what's going to happen. And if someone like if he's fit and he's firing, we need to start having this winning mentality that maybe we had under Roy Keane. You know this never say die. Um, keep battling mentality. Um, if you can have that, which was evident against Bournemouth, I- I'm sorry we can't. We can't say that a point, or at least we got a point against Hull. You've got you've got to go out. David Moyes has got to set that team up to win. He's uh, got to win that game, goodness. and he's got to go into ma- most games like that because I think if you set up a team to to get a point, or if you set up a team which is ever so slightly complacent in this league, you'll get beat. You may as well go have a go.
3: I think I think undeniably the team will be set up to go and to take the three points as far as Moyes can tell. Um, We've come to the end, actually. It's a bit of a shame because there are some interesting points raised there in the dying minutes that I'd love to discuss. Like, if you'll pay attention, there seems to be a lot of hope into an Ichibi. Um Let's hope that his ribs aren't too cracked and that he can actually <laughs> pull off some sort of miraculous turnaround for Sunderland after that fantastic performance against, Bour- against Bournemouth. Um yeah, I suppose that's it for the day, though. That's it for episode 10. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, lads. Gav, James, Tom. Hope you had a good time. And we shall all meet up again a week hence, and we shall discuss the outcome, the fallout of the game against Hull. So, yeah, thanks very much for joining us from the Roker Report. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you next week. And this is The report signing off.